quadro kataka kikliki. Quadro. Quadro a trick attackily. Quadro tritically. Quadro a trick a trick psych. Captain Spot, Stardate 81, 1723.2. Welcome aboard Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shortly from the world of Cinema Sins to enjoy the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she's got no bloody A, B, C, but she does have a D, three E's and an N. It's Ambassador Danae. Are we talking about my bra size? This is just not appropriate. <sighs> Enterprise A, B, C. Wait, is there an N bra size? Yeah. N? That's know. awesome. I That's... don't know. No, okay. it's not. <laughs> no, it's what not. What is wrong with you? It's not for the person carrying God, the ends. It's really just, not. Like, I literally just threw out Spasmed. several vertebrae just hearing <laughs> you say that. <laughs> and it's my fault because I mentioned it. <laughs> yes, I deliberately avoided leaving it on the... But she does have a D. Like, I avoided that and I did your whole name. I was trying to be good. Yes. Yeah. Well, how are you, Ambassador? Welcome to season 11 of Captain's Pod. I can't believe that we've made it this far. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but I'm excited. It's been a long road. Last last time we had like an inter season like this, mm. we did a data focused element. We did. And and I don't I think last week you said what this season's focus is going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's I forgot. It's a, it's a, it's an option. So okay, okay. this season this is our biggest gap between live action real not necessarily live action but star trek being live and on screen because obviously this show started with picard and we've kind of had some in between seasons between strange new worlds lower decks picard but now we have a gap where we're going to be diving into just star trek that's already happened and a theme that we kind of thought it came up with was episodes that get revisited in other iterations of star trek and we'll see how we'll see how we feel about that but it could be a lot of fun we're definitely doing that for the first two episodes we're going to do your very first the original series episode the trouble with tribbles and then next week will be a deep space nine follow-up um trials and tribulations uh but first let's do an email Okay, hailing frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and, well, email. Um, we have one from um, Loder, who is a multiple emailer. Um, but this one is a bit more specific and not Star Trekky for Danae. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am sick of talking about Star Trek. Yeah, with regards to cinema sins, do you have the option of recusing yourself from sinning a TV show or movie the same way that you could excuse yourself from jury duty because of like a conflict of interest? Like, is there like something that makes you not impartial and you're like, I can't sin this. I either hate it too much. I love it too much. Oh, I see. Um, I, I thought that question was going to like, do you have to sin what you're assigned? That's kind of where I thought the question similar was it's a going. similar kind of thought but it's more like hey i can't do this for these reasons and do we like take that into account well it, it's i guess it's kind of the same question in a way because mm. i would not be assigned the meg for example because of my 100%. fear of sharks yeah. and i have a strong 
like visceral reaction to that. I can't even think about it too long or I start to kind of go into panic mode. It's a weird yeah. thing, but it's just part of my That's life. That's how so work. I would never like, I would never be assigned that because my team knows that there's, and then there's times whenever I'm going to be reviewing or sending something and uh, there's going to be some triggers. And so we all kind of get to know each other a bit. And so I'll get like a little heads up, you know, at this point in time, this happens. But the mm. answer is no. Um, I mm -hmm. have not gotten into writing something and then had to excuse myself because I couldn't write around it somehow. Yeah. Um, but it is very difficult. And it's not often things that are a trigger for me. Like, for example, let, well, I don't want to stay on sharks too long, but that's just the example that's there. So uh, like if there was something about the underwater part, I would just skip over that part and then trust mm -hmm. my writing partner to sort of fill in the gap there because I don't want to do that. But usually it's not so permeated in the content that I have to take myself out of the entire thing. Usually those triggers for me would be little blips that I can kind of like scan through and trust my writing partner. And then, of course, we have a really great um, team. So I can always write to my partner and say, I really struggled with this part. Um, yeah. However, that said, there are some movies and some TV shows that have been very difficult for me to write on, even in the difficult things I skip over, just in general. I just wrote mm -hmm. on a script that is one of the most difficult scripts I have ever had to write on. Major, major writer's block. Like yeah. self-doubt, self-loathing, imposter syndrome, just like I, I did not like what I was watching and it wasn't mm -hmm. because there were any triggers. It was because it was so fucking stupid. <laughs> I wish we could say what the movie was. I do too. Um, I really we'll fucking do. We'll back to this when it comes out. I, I hope we remember to come back to it. It was the dumbest thing I've probably ever had to fucking watch and it was so stupid. I couldn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I don't enjoy one of the actors in it usually anyway. So it was just like asking me to send just the driest thing yeah. and, and and the and the movie didn't have a point like it it really wasn't it was it's just a dumb comedy and mm -hmm. i was stuck that is so <laughs> hard and i can't just be like hey i don't want to yeah you know uh -huh. i mean i could i literally could go to my team and say guys i'm really struggling please can someone take this and then i'll have to take a different script mm. because we do have that care for each other but i yeah. would never want to burden my team like that um especially well, the tricky when it's just thing like is you a, don't know until you're in it what, yeah now, this there's nothing about this movie that would immediately go oh this is gonna be really freaking hard for no. me so then you're in it yeah and it's like it's a little bit late to switch out unless you really have I to i would literally have to message somebody and say hey i know you're working on this but can we switch out in the next 10 minutes because i yeah. hate it <laughs> and it just feels like a cop-out like why can't i reach deeper and write differently mm. and find that quirky voice inside of me but i hated it so much it was like a big mental block yeah um so that was really really difficult but yes i could recuse myself technically yeah. yes i could i just wouldn't because mm -hmm. we have other fail safes in place yeah i <laughs> think that's question, that's that's a great question it's pretty much the rule of rule of the uh, rule of writing for us i think we yeah we absolutely could but none of us really want to unless it's an absolute emergency I think I was worried about sinning Star Trek. Like, we've done all of the Star Trek movies now and uh, an episode of Strange New Worlds. It's not that I was worried about taking it down and finding the sins and whatnot, because I know the spirit behind it. It's writing too much, because I want to put in all of the inside jokes and all of the references, and I have to be so restrained with star trek so i think in the future i should recruit recuse myself from writing star trek because i write too much <laughs> isn't that an interesting thing 
<laughs> so it's the exact opposite problem. It's so funny. Um, it's a great question. Keep them coming in. Um, again, if you haven't heard your question yet, it'll be on a future episode. We have a nice little list to get through. And back to the show. This week, how do you feel about going into your first episode of Those Old Scientists? I'm excited because most of the people that we've chatted with have been shocked that I haven't seen any. And it feels like we would be missing the point of the show if we didn't go back to the original. So yeah. with there being like with there having so much content that we could look at uh that is, you know, more modern or, you know, just have a different a different take. Mm-hmm. We could go in any direction, but it feels like it's the wisest thing in season eleven to actually <laughs> go to the beginning. Yeah. I I am so excited for you to just see the difference and there is just some stuff that I know you're going to absolutely love. There's some stuff I know probably hasn't aged well. We're talking about this episode came out in 1967. This is some old TV. Oh, that was TV. the year I was born. Yay. Wait, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it took you that long. <laughs> that t- it because- took you that long? <laughs> I like to be really careful with people's ages. So I apologize for taking a second to make sure i didn't get your birthday wrong i just like people to think i'm a vampire that's all any opportunity i have to mess around with how old i am i'm gonna mm-hmm. do it it's just vampire born in 1967 no 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 no. i was i was born far before then that's just my pretend birthday 1961 also my pretend <laughs> birthday Nice. <laughs> well i'm really really excited to um for you to see pretty much where it all began that's really really fun i before we do some predictions we are going to do something different for this season of captain's pod that i'm going to spring on the ambassador oh dear and because i like like aaron dicer our good friend i do like to try and remember our thoughts and feelings about episodes so from here on out we're gonna introduce a very very simple ranking system god to damn it kind of help frame our overall thoughts at the end of the episode of how you liked it and it's just going to be by pips it, can you do do you think you can do it without imploding no but you know what uh, it's never it's never wise to turn down somebody's idea until you try it <laughs> if you hate it it'll be for this episode and never again unless you know you're really like deathly allergic in which case turn it down yes. just say no to the cat exactly no matter how adorable it is amazing well before we get into the episode based on the trouble with tribbles what are your predictions give me an overall general prediction and one oddly specific well i mean i've seen i've seen part of this episode before it's it's impossible to do predictions for something that is so well known like okay i've been spoiled on it every everyone has seen images from this episode so Mm -hmm. i know that tribbles like maybe they multiply a whole bunch maybe they come tumbling through a wall i think i remember like Mm -hmm. a panel being removed and they're just like spill out these sort of hairy creatures that's really interesting because i assume like this is a part of the internet that maybe you just haven't seen but yeah that is definitely an iconic image um shatner surrounded by tribbles that have fallen out of a wall yeah i think that's what you're picturing yeah exactly but I guess I guess since I haven't seen anything other than those like imagery, I should mm-hmm. try to predict something else. So I'm gonna predict that somebody is allergic to the to the creatures. I love that. Okay. And my my oddly specific is that um one of them makes little ee noise and someone thinks it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so we get an ee and someone thinks it's adorable. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're like, oh this is like an episode that if my daughter sees it, she would just want to I want get the tribbles. tribbles. Yeah, yeah. And not the shaved ones, though. 
Amazing. Well, with that, I'm excited to get into it. Let's head over to the holodeck and watch our first episode of TOS, and we'll see you all in 10 forward for a debrief. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator, not a dribble, and share our media thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, what is your thing of choice? It doesn't matter. Whatever comes out, a triple is coming with it. So it's even though I can't triple. do a triple, yeah. it's going to be getting into the mechanisms mm -hmm. no matter what. You got tribbles. Because there's air ducts, okay? <laughs> I mean, that's how that works, is air ducts. Like, the air ducts lead directly to the warp core in engineering. Um, I would like some of that Russian scotch that was apparently invented by a little old lady in Leningrad. Uh, that's one of my favorite things. Just check off claiming that everything was invented in Russia. It's beautiful. All right, Ambassador, give us a synopsis. Okay. Well, in today's episode, we start off with a debrief, but then it becomes an something else so basically like everyone <laughs> expositional debrief um and, and and then we're sent to a space station where there could be klingons but the klingons are clearly humans and then that's klingonist have you seen klingons i have that was uh -huh. not a klingon. Yeah, I, I i'm just saying oh, we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get to that uh-huh while on the space station people decide to buy stuff like a little furry adorable creature the grain is supposed to be protected because the asshole says so. Everybody hates Kirk, but somehow he saves the day. <coughs> Understandably. And the Tribbles reproduce. Is that important? Turns out probably. <laughs> because they're also able to just sense dicks. They're able to sense spies. They're able to sense... Klingons. Specifically the creature that is suspicious. They're able to sniff the plot device. They're able mm -hmm. to sniff. <laughs> they were invented as a plot device. That sucks. <laughs> then again, what wasn't? What, what did they end up saving the day about? Probably just some shore leaf problems. Quadro 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 triticale quadro triticale we are never going to get that right. Quadratriticale. We'd have a bonus round for how many times they say quadratriticale. The the wheat was poisoned, mm -hmm. but thankfully not humans died to to show that to be the case. I don't really know what this episode is about, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's about tribbles. Yeah, I mean, there's there there's a station that's in trouble, and they got to guard some wheat. Kirk doesn't want to guard the wheat, and tribbles turn up. They detect a spy. The wheat is poisoned. Everyone loses at the end of this episode. They have a laugh. The Enterprise leaves. That's the synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. The synopsis on this one should be that the Enterprise has potentially created an intergalactic incident by injecting War. Tribbles onto uh, uh, their enemy ship. Yeah. This episode, I think if this was Lower Decks, this episode would have ended with a, a post-credits thing of a cut to the Klingon ship, just an external shot just as it goes to warp of it exploding. And then war. Like, this is how the Klingon war began. You beamed all of the Tribbles into their ship, and it killed everyone. Yeah, yeah. In this episode, we hear about uh, wheat, a very complicated wheat name for a long time. Quadratriticale. We see Tribbles for a long time, <laughs> and we see a bar fight that lasts for a long time. The yeah. end. Yes, I do want to get into the pacing of it all. 
Overall thoughts and feelings, though, Ambassador. How did you feel about the episode, your first full episode of TOS? I w- I've actually sat here and watched it with you, and seeing the roller coaster of feelings on your face and stuff, I am fascinated to see what your thoughts are. I'm curious. No like, there's parts of it I obviously was having a good time. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I and there were part. It was a, it was a very, it was a confusing. And it was a confusing experience for me because mm-hmm. I was, I felt like I was being pulled in all these different directions because the pacing of this was so unexpected. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I couldn't figure out what this episode was really about. <laughs> I, and I wrongly thought that this was an episode that was going to be mostly about tribbles and you know what it is, it is, but then it's, inter- then there's this other, like really over the top, like angry diplomat characters that are uh-huh. just yelling at Kirk. Yeah. And then there's these like, really aggressive Klingons that are are not aggressive like I'm used to. They're more like uh-huh. just trying to pick a fight, kind of a, a a bully. And so you got that. Then I'm assaulted by the visuals, which are so different, the sets mm-hmm. that are so different, the clothing. Like I didn't realize how much ass cheek is is just readily available. <laughs> Wait, what? They're so they're so they're 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 costumes. Oh, seeing the, the backs women, of them. It's oh, like it's thigh, like a sneeze thigh. away from a full on crotch yeah. shot, and I'm like, holy shit! They can't bend over. No, they are, are they wearing? Like, what are they wearing? There's there's one moment when a whim, a woman wearing fairy wings bends over the bar to grab some drinks to deliver, and you just like her butt's just right there. And I was, I was totally like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what's happening in that scene. Cause I was like, well, that's, that is her ass. That's, that's up a thigh. Yeah. It was a lot different than I expected. So there's just a lot going on, you know? And so I wasn't really like, I was curious about the tribbles and I was really interested to watch it. And I was thinking <laughs> at one point in time when I was a little bit bored with the dialogue, I was like, how can I make my own tribble? <laughs> oh no. And so I can't. have a couple of ideas. <laughs> okay. Yep. 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 I bet whatever your idea is, it is how they made the tribbles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because the animatron, the ones that could wiggle around and move, was a remote control like toy dog. Yeah, wrapped in fur, a hundred percent. And then it wiggles. Yeah, that's yeah, that was it. Yeah. So it was a lot. I don't know how I feel about this episode yet. I'm that is I am fascinating. Super confused. I yeah. I felt myself being like, wow, I'm disappointed. But at the same time, mm. is it because of like just the storytelling pacing and then all of a sudden nope nope i get it now i get it i think by the (laughs) middle of it i was starting to understand a little bit of the dynamics of the of the characters to each other i feel like Mm. i'm obviously being dropped right into the middle of something here so Mm -hmm. i'm not used to kirk i'm not used to spock like none of these characters i didn't even recognize scotty oh yeah totally different yeah he in the movies he looks massively different you know uh so so this was all me just trying to kind of like figure out where i'm at in Trekland. Mm. i think overall it was a really interesting story i wanted it to do even a, like a little bit more with the tribbles somehow mm-hmm. but i now understand where they were going with it yeah uh-huh so it was definitely like a i don't know what's happening experience and i kind of like those i like whenever it's not expected so i think overall i came out liking it and i think maybe I like Kirk. What? I think I like Kirk. He's a dick in this episode. He's great. <laughs> he is kind of great. So he's, this is he looking, is great. 
Kirk and Spock, a couple of scenes, I'm just like, fuck yeah, this Kirk is Kirk and fun. Spock are fire. Yeah, They're yeah, yeah. so, so good. They are an, they're an incredible pairing together. It is my biggest worry of doing some TOS episodes because it's so jarringly different. And it's why I've been a little resistant to do it because it's the sets are different it's a different star trek so much like the klingons haven't been established yet the lore isn't quite there the pacing of a tv show from the 60s is different we sit in every, the only reason that this show is 50 minutes is because instead of 45 is that those extra five minutes are just sitting around like the spaces between sentences how long we sit in each scene the D- over delivering on some of the jokes and we we've just gradually got tighter and tighter and tighter at storytelling for a loads of di- loads of different reasons but that's always going to be the case in tos the pacing is always going to be a bit a bit different and this one in particular is one of the few episodes that was designed from what i've researched to be a comedy like straight up this is meant to be a funny episode shatner you're going to be comedic and he generally didn't generally didn't like that but he was like oh, fine i'll do it for this episode it's fine so this is kind of like a different side of kirk that we're seeing where he's not in the melodrama so much he's playing more of like a comic grumpy uncle almost for most of the episode so it's very very different from any star trek we've seen before i having not seen any of the things to compare it to for tos I don't know where this mm. ranks out. So, you know, you want to know my rank. Like, you want to know this ranking system situation, which, you know, is one of out of four pips. Mm-hmm. So, but I was going to do that at the end of the episode, but we can, after we've, like, had some, like, oh, time to okay. go through our thoughts I'm and the so scenes. I'm so not sure where to rank it. Which is why I think it's a good idea to do it at the end okay. after we've had a time to discuss it and everything. Okay. Well, how was it for you? I mean, you've seen it all. <laughs> like, oh, I think it's I think it's great fun. Like, I'm TOS is not my favorite, but this for me has got all of the characters singing and doing what they kind of do best and where I really enjoy them. Like McCoy is grumpy, Spock and McCoy hate each other. Yeah, Spock is what the, the corrective fuck was that one. That about? They, don't answer that question, it's too too long, isn't it? <laughs> just no, most of it is McCoy wants Spock to be human and Spock doesn't want to be human like mccoy is everything spock hates about humans in a body and mccoy rubs it on spock and just antagonizes him and oh knows God. the buttons that he's pushing that was confusing. that's their relationship that was com- i actually thought that maybe it was because okay so there was this element of this episode where it's like the tribbles are kind of lulling the humans and i thought oh this is part of their like this is part of their alien makeup where they're going no to lull everyone into some sort of state of mind and then take over or something, right? And then there was another part. Then, then because McCoy was being such a dick to Spock and Spock was like sparring back with him, I thought, oh, mm. this is another side effect of the Trimbles. No, this is them. <laughs> no, that's just how they are. <laughs> and I was like, Nothing to do with the Trimbles. I had no idea that was just part <laughs> they, of their like. No, comp- <laughs> they just hate each other. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I, I do think I had a good time, especially because the there was uh, there's there's a lot they did a lot. We moved around a lot. We moved from scene mm-hmm. to scene. So even though we were in the same sets, we moved around from scene to scene. We didn't sit too long at anything. And even though some of the the dialogue wasn't something that hit for me until maybe we're kind of close to the end of the episode, mm-hmm. there was a couple scenes in there that I really enjoyed. And and I think overall, it's 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 something that you can't not enjoy. And maybe you're right. I think it is comedy. Um, there's a couple comedic moments that are, were really, really delightful. Mm. Uh, obviously the, the big, the big hit, you know, being when all the tribbles come out of the wheat container. So 
It's incredible. Well, just yeah. Kirk is just done and it's for some reason like it's always surprising to me every time like just the volume of tribbles that come out of that compartment is it, it never stops being funny for me and as they're going through that scene and we've got the irritated starfleet official that comes in and starts shouting at kirk throughout that scene tribbles are still bonking him on the head and it just, it keeps getting funnier for me every tribble that comes down and i think there was literally a guy up there just lugging tribbles at Kirk's head. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that many times, like the behind the scenes making of kind of the other Someone's moments. Someone's doing of, that. Yeah. And for, the um, you know, Shatner to have to keep it somewhat straight while being pelted with them seemed like a pretty, like pretty fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. It maybe was a fun day on the set, especially when you think about like just making a big tribble pile that you're sort of standing behind his head sort of pops up from the bottom, but. <laughs> 500 of them and apparently they had to shoot that scene seven times because they were laughing <laughs> no i don't know why but they just uh, different angles the way the tribbles fall is unpredictable but they had they had to shoot that seven times apparently to get it to Yikes. get what we saw on screen and it was just immediately everyone was like this is great everyone's gonna remember this oh my god well, I mean, should I, are we going to go like moment by moment? Are we jumping around? Yeah, like, how do you um, want to approach the rest of the show? So we've kind of covered all the bases of it, but. Yeah. So the first question, I, I can't help but think of Spock when I think of you and doing Strange New Worlds and the original series. So before we get kind of like into the actual episode, overall, how did you feel about Spock and how this Spock, the OG Spock, is different from the Ethan Peck Spock that you really love? Yeah, I could see the similarities. Um. It was a it's a jar it was jarring at first because I know this is Spock that everybody else knows and I've seen Nimoy like I've seen this character yeah but I've never watched this character if that makes mm -hmm. sense so I've never like watched an episode of the show and been like oh this is how you know he's acting this Spock character out so it was a little bit jarring for me at first. I get really distracted by costuming and makeup and the decisions that they're making as the show creators to elevate a character or shift them from, you know, the human aspects to something new. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's got this sort of more yellowish skin tone due mm. to the makeup blending into the ear and things like that. Um, so that was interesting. And then he's wearing kind of like this shimmery eyeshadow. Yes, I love it. Well, originally, like he was going to, the Vulcans were going to be red, completely red. And then the the, the, the guy's like, this looks, he looks like the devil. He looks like Satan. We can't do this. So they went with like this green tinge instead because he has green blood. But it's such an interesting choice. Yeah. So I was like a little distracted. And also he is playing the role of the of the uh what in tng would be either the computer or data you know Correct. Like he Absolutely. is the information person and in that very opening scene where they're debriefing about stuff with mm -hmm. check off yeah i was immediately like oh no please don't let this be the entire episode i interesting I were didn't... you worried that was going to be the case like just a lot of technical jargon backwards and forwards I, like exposition I am trained to enjoy content that starts with a bit of a punch and i am also trained yes like the start of the show for me is the next scene where it's the outside shot of the enterprise showing up at the you know the station because the whole debrief was about something that 
kind of was some sort of inside joke between all of them. And then there's this red alert. We've got to go to this planet. That's yeah. the start of the show, really. So the conversations that they're having back and forth was about something that not only did I was I not really interested in it. Mm. It was not even really techno babble. It was like historical sort like it was like history lessons and and who did what when and it's a little bit of exposition about why they're heading to the planet that they're heading to so why the them and the klingons are fighting over it but yeah it's buried in all of this these other jokes but i think it's designed so that we get to see these characters interacting with each other so i was just trying to kind of pick up on what the actors were putting down about how they're talking back and forth and kirk's basically telling Chekhov, get your shit together you're not smart enough and and Spock is the guy that knows all the history. And so he's kind of got mm -hmm. this more emotionless delivery. And so I didn't connect with Spock immediately for a lot of reasons because this is a new iteration. By the end of the episode, however, I was seeing these little peaks of how Spock is sparring intellectually and mm. and throwing down some some humor and i i am bombarded with human attitudes constantly yes. don't don't remind me mm -hmm. i'm trained to avoid and ignore them yeah and he had a couple lines that i was i just really enjoyed and to do that without smirking you know and just to kind of keep it level yeah um and then they did like the clever thing by the end too where sort of maybe like we're already one step ahead of you. There was one scene in particular where the, um, I'm just going to call him the asshole green guy. He comes in and he's just railing Kirk for. Oh, Barris. Yeah. Whatever that guy's name is. He, he comes in and he's upset at, that they've let this traitor guy, the triple traitor mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially yeah. come on to the space station and, they think he's a spy or whatever. And in this moment, we as the audience realize that they've already done their background. They've already done their work. And I really liked that because there was a lot of questioning Starfleet, a lot of questioning Kirk, a lot of anger directed at them for doing anything. And and it was anger from the Klingons and anger from the diplomats. And like, so there was a lot going on for me to figure out how mm. are these characters supposed to interact in this moment? While also realizing the characters' uh, personalities. So Spock was kind of the constant, honestly. He was kind of my anchor. Yeah. I know how Spock is. I don't know anybody else. That so. really makes sense, yeah. And Spock is, in pretty much every episode, the one that you can rely on. Kirk is very flouncy and can throw his weight around a bit. So sometimes he can be unpredictable and erratic. Spock is really consistent. You know what you're going to get from him, unless he's being meddled with somehow. Like with the Tribble. Like with the triple, that it, it is so funny when he's just like the purring appears to calm the human nervous system. I, of course, am immune. And everyone just kind of turns <laughs> and looks, looks at him. He drifts <laughs> off. That's so great. I love uh, that. They're essentially these little purring cats that just lull you into a state of happiness pretty much i mean uh, so i've got to do this before we forget your predictions yeah can we talk about the predictions goodness from the cheapest creepers so in case you have forgotten danae's general prediction um was that somebody would be there will be the tribbles will invade um and somebody will be allergic to tribbles which is kind of the case with the klingons Klingon. they have a reaction to the I'm, I'm just like trying to keep it together as i listen to your prediction and your oddly specific prediction, I'm 
I had to keep my stuff together <laughs> as I was so typing this down. I had no down. idea that I nailed it. I did it. not want to give it away because I remember this scene. Danae predicted a scene that happens. And I don't know if you've seen it at some point and it's just buried in the back of your brain. I believe that you have I've haven't. never seen any of this episode except for the still shots of a whole bunch of tribbles around Kirk. Your, your specific prediction was somebody says, E, the tribbles make a noise... And they say word for word, they think it's adorable. <laughs> oh, Homer says it's adorable as it goes, wee. I'm just like, how did you know? I don't know. It's incredible. <laughs> it just made sense to me that these little cre- creatures would be oh, something that was oh, adorable. Oh. You know, listen, we have to we have to take into consideration that since this show, this episode came out and any conversation that's come up over my entire lifespan about tribbles, which... yes. I don't know how many times it's happened, but let's just say it's happened 20 times. Never once has it been like, a, oh, shit, that episode was terrifying. I was like, mm. oh, the tribbles. So, yeah, of course, I kind of have yes. an assumption that they're going to be adorable. So. <laughs> but there was no guarantee that that was going to And it's just the way it happens. Like, her, her is just loving on it and just goes, it's adorable. And we just, yeah, it was a great yeah, moment. Yeah, when she did that, That's I was so like, funny. yes, I nailed it. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Oh boy. Um, so there's a couple of moments I want to pull out where I, I mean, to begin with, when the exposition started between Chekhov, you just went, well, I'm fucking bored. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I get oh, it. Man. I'm with you. Like, I get it. Like, sometimes the humor doesn't hit. They're talking down to Chekhov. They're talking about a lot of stuff and then red alert battle stations. The first joy that I heard erupt from you was just, look at the ship. So what were your thoughts in that moment when you first saw the Enterprise just zooming across oh the screen? Oh, my God. The original Enterprise from 1966. This is how I know I'm, I'm a sci-fi nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it the so ship. much. There's something really beautiful about the uh, how they shot the Enterprise. There's like a sweeping yes. scene. So the first time it kind of runs across the scene, you get to see it from side profile. Then it spins around and you're going over the back of it as it approaches the space station. Then you see the space station even closer a bit later on. And yes. you see two ships kind of like spiraling around. Yes. And you know... These were built. These were physical things that someone created in the, the props department that yeah. that you just don't get to see all the time with this really incredible like detail. And anyway, but this th- that moment in particular, here it comes. <laughs> it has a fucking <laughs> satellite sticking out of the deflector dish. Was- yes, there is. The deflector dish is a satellite and then on- with a little pokey thing. <laughs> It's a cable satellite. You can pick up like CSPN on that shit. And then it's the cells that have these little spinny lights. Yes. On the on the the, the thrusters, the the yeah. On the nacelles. And then it, when you get to some like And then in my in my Oh no. As it's flying by the screen and I see the little spinny bits. Yeah. All I can hear in my head is. Yes. <laughs> if you could hear sound in space, that's what they sound like. <laughs> I just lost it. When you get close ups, it just looks like a little turbine spinning oh around God. with a flashing light. It killed it's beautiful. me. It, I love it. I love it so much. Um, it made me happy. Um, yep. And it made me giggle. And it was just. I don't know. It's really fun to see. Like, Wait even, till you see the phases. But even the old sets. Like, let's just not talk about the 
like the models and such, but the mm. actual sets themselves, first of all, opening shot, you're uh, at just a, a table with a, a couple things on it, including like post-it notes. And I was like, Fuck little yeah. monitor, <laughs> the massive tablets that they have. And then the little styluses. Like, there's this moment when they're like, put it on screen. And I don't know where their camera is to the person on the screen, but if it's at <laughs> eye level, it's just yes. Kurt Crotch. And I'm just like, this is great. I fucking love this. And, I don't know where his camera is. And there's so much button pushing. Like, I'm immediately taken back to one of the first times I, no, the first time I ever watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when I was a kid. Um, there's this one particular machine that this, they're all trying to figure out how to get the chocolate bars at the beginning. And there's this guy who's created a massive machine to calculate the location of a Wonka bar. And he's just pressing these big buttons and it's making yeah. this very distinct clicking noise. And I don't know why, but I loved it. I love the sounds of clicking things like that. So when somebody is taking like a, a wooden spoon and they're mixing something in a ceramic bowl, like a big like batter or something that clunk, clunks, I just love mm -hmm. that. I don't know. I don't know why. There's just certain things I'm like, ooh, I like that one. That one's good. That, that tweaks something. Which is why the other day when I went into a shop and they had all these different fidget things, there was one where they had all these little clicky buttons. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, like <laughs> it's like a triple noise for me. I just sort of. Yeah. Anyway. So there's so much button clicking in this. I was delighted. There's a moment I whenever he answers like a that. panel, he goes, conk. <laughs> yep. the, conk. the communications pat thing <laughs> that's in the hallways and the button oh. on his chair when he's pissed off and he just goes slam as like McCoy to the bridge and then click. Uh, he, like the yeah. physical buttons are the best. It's basically like someone dropping a cast iron pot onto the floor. It's like, yeah. sometimes his accuracy with that is incredible it was so fun and just to see their version of like futuristic technology where it's just yes. big panels with blinking buttons and you know anytime we right? see futuristic technology in any kind of content it's sort of interesting we're just talking about that yesterday when we're talking about a movie um that had like it was like projecting you know uh a big oh, map yeah. across uh -huh. the room and so this map fills up the entire room like when tony stark rebuilds something and it's it's just interesting yeah. to see technology He's moving the holograms about yeah. yeah so for this show to sort of show it's like to give us a peek into their imagination was really delightful but yeah. when kirk and spock are walking down one of the halls and all of a sudden like there's like a little <laughs> red wall command center <laughs> and this yeah. is like and they're like, oh, we got to go over here because we're getting a message because yeah. the, that's <laughs> so they they just stand the by a wall badges. and talk to it. I was yeah. like, this is great. And they can't apparently use the communicators inside the ship for some reason. Now, I heard you giggle when he whipped out the communicator. Like, I giggled because it takes him a long time to fumble it out of his, like, pants pocket. And then just flicks it open and he does his, like, little nozzle thing. And you're laughing. So what were you thinking in that moment? I was thinking this is how we pull out our cell phones these days. We yes. have these massive clunky devices stuck somewhere in a pocket. And he has... To, you can see him like, oh, I'm going to have to call about this yeah. one. And he was just... I really enjoyed how he was acting. It was the begrudged captain... Yeah, you know who he eats it up. obviously both doesn't give a shit and also gives a shit. So yeah. it just how many times have I had to answer a phone call I wasn't wanting to answer, and <laughs> yeah. it was it was that he was just like God damn it I got to fucking <sighs> use send it. two security and people I, down. At first I thought what does he do with his hand and then I realized he was <laughs> pulling out a and I was like oh yeah they can't just they they have to no. they can't tap their chest they can't no. say computer <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Shows what, what division you're in. That's it. I, I love that. The inventor of the flip phone himself said, this is Star Trek. I Ever since I watched the original series, I wanted a flip phone. <laughs> that was the inspiration. So Star Trek invented the flip phone. It's it was so great. Fun. I loved it. And and I like how when he was talking, he was so he was just like annoyed. He's, and, he, and he's like, Kirk out. And his lips didn't even move. Kirk out. Like, I'm fucking tired. I'm just so done with this yep. shit. <laughs> I hope we eventually watch an episode where he flips it so hard it closes itself and he has to do it again. Really? Like, sometimes they don't do a second take. <laughs> it was, he'll flip it so hard it'll bounce close and he's got to, like, surreptitiously, like, just open it with his finger again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And, and there's, you know, just thinking about how they're putting it all together, like, the at the space station um at like the bar they're they're 10 forward the door mm. slides open and we kind of see part way into the next room people are kind of walking in at an angle and you just yeah. you know it's all set design and and lighting and someone pulling open a door and shoving it and um you could see all their uh, you, th- you can see this in any show but like mm-hmm. when they're s- squaring up to the camera or the camera's moving around you know they're um there's just been there's some things that never change because obviously there's a camera involved and it has to take a, like an image in front of it um so i just like to i don't know it's a important part i feel of enjoying content is to remind ourselves where it started and so i really liked it okay my pips are going up on this one just for the nostalgia purpose my pips yeah. are going up well I, that was one of my biggest questions was how distracting was the nostalgia compared to how the like enjoying the novelty of it and just accepting that it's old as heck for a tv show and just enjoying it because i always come back to the bridge this, that bridge is so noisy the constant chirping and burring and stuff that's going on in the background and we haven't even touched like the engine room or other bits of the ship just the stuff that their imagination back then always brings me back in even though it looks old i didn't really notice the noises too much i remember mm. when you mentioned that before and i i even thought about it when the episode started but i wasn't i was watching what kirk was doing because i was really mm. curious about these characters and so i think that speaks for the show that i was yeah. really having a good time i don't think it was distracting for me as much as That's it awesome. was uh, you know the most distracting thing is i was wondering like if i keep watching these women am i gonna catch butt again because like, <laughs> i was just shocked how short like they were so really much. short. There are episodes where you see Uhura sitting down in her chair and her skirt has ridden up so far you could just see entire thigh, like all of it on the yeah, side of yeah. her butt. And I and part of me was like, fuck yeah, let's do this again. This is fun, you know. <laughs> let's go. Let's bring back these oh, uniforms. And, and like how the little the, the the uniforms, their little pants came up to their calves with like the little flare out. Oh, on the the the, the Starfleet uniforms, I yeah. I love that. It's great. The boots are so big. They're so big. The 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 kind of the bottoms of the trousers are kind of ruffled. And when you see occasionally Shatner will take his top off, the pants, they have like a cummerbund cummerbund thing. Mm-hmm. It goes up to the belly button. That's like amazing. the pants go up so high because the shirts would ride up. I love it. It's this uniform is incredible. Yeah. I so love it. I don't I don't think the sounds distracted me, the sets distracted me. I think I just I got into the world, but mm. the, the the clunkiest part for me is that the show is written differently than content these days. Of course, yeah, I didn't mind it too much. I don't feel like I don't, I don't feel like it was like oh I can't do that again. Um, mm-hmm. 
but it was a reminder of just the pacing differences. I think it's the biggest negative that we can't hold against the show. No. Like it's it's there and we can feel it, but it's understandable. A lot of time spent with the angry wheat guy and a lot. how much he's <laughs> mad at Kirk for doing this and mad at Kirk for doing that. He wants more security officers, damn it. But you know what? Had I not had that, I don't think I'd have as much of an understanding of Kirk's character by the end of one episode. Mm -hmm. So I think if yeah. you're going to drop into Star Trek in TOS land, this kind of gives you a lot. There's techno babble. There's um, like there's uh, relate. There's diplomatic relations. There's history mm -hmm. that you can kind of like learn about. Then there's the comedy aspect. There's a serious yeah. aspect. There's a science aspect. Oh my God. Can't, we can't avoid the, <clears throat> the fucking bar fight. Yeah. Huh? That is a perfect example of a what the fuck moment uh -huh. turning into a can we please stop to a no, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> right? It goes on for so, so, so long. So, long. so, so unnecessarily <laughs> long. It's forever. Can I, can I read what I wrote during that yes, scene? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I wrote, where did it go? Backhanded smack, table dive tackle, triples down, swings, kicks, punches, bartender runs, trader goes behind the counter, super happy for a free drink, trader drinks, guy in the back, uh, leaning on the wall, just watching on, trader pushes the buttons, throw tackle, tray slides out, but with more drinks, more fighting, so much fighting, bar slide cliche, table tackle, bar top tackle, these guys are working for their pay, the drums are just tingling on, the guy does, uh, the guy goes for his drink, the bartender gets it, but oh, joke's on him, he's got another one in his pocket, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> it's a big old dance and you've just got people diving into shot that haven't been thrown they've clearly just been said right and now you go that way run it's i it's great it absolutely great. ends in a place where i'm just like this was too long but no. it's kind of perfect no, 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 no i've never seen anything like it before like <laughs> it can never ever ever be cut out of anything like this needs to stay in there when have i i've never watched <laughs> like a so many people get thrown like around yeah. Ever. And I do love that it's got this comical backdrop of what the trader is doing. And that when he pulls the drink out of his pocket, which will have spilled everywhere. He walks so carefully through that bar every scene. Time. He's just like, ding, ding, it's ding, so ding, funny. Ding, ding. Yeah. Delightful. But I think the sweet spot of that is that the bar fight didn't start because they insulted the captain. Oh, There's a chef's kiss. They did such a good job of this because. We see it happen and we're like, oh, that's that's interesting. And it's funny. I don't know these characters, but that's really, really funny because Scotty doesn't get triggered until they <laughs> insult the ship. But then uh -huh. the show goes even further. And then we get to see this whole like debrief situation and it just keeps going. Like they really sit in the moment. And then we get to see Kirk realize that they didn't <laughs> defend him. They defended the ship. <laughs> just gradually getting more and more annoyed and more and more disappointed that like he was kind of proud that they were fighting for his honor as Kirk is, uh, Scotty is listing all of these Klingon insults, which are pretty spawn. And Kirk's just like, so what did start the fight then? And it was like, he insulted the Enterprise. It's like, <laughs> you got into a fight because he insulted the Enterprise. I wanted so badly for that to keep going. And I think that speaks a lot for the show. Mm. And that's, I think, the moment that I was really starting to dig Kirk. Because, you know, even though he's like straight to camera and he's just, it just seems like he's holding together so much angst. Yes. <laughs> he's just like, he, Kirk is just skin and then angst. And that's it. Yes. 
and you just don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> That's him. You just summed up Kirk extremely well. But isn't that so, interesting that you can only see hmm. one episode and pick up on that? And I think that's a good note for Shatner what Shatner. Shatner is doing. And he's just ego. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that I was going to enjoy it that much, but I had a really good time with this one. That's I love that. It's <laughs> It really does feel like the Kirk, uh, Shatner is acting in a room on his own. Like this would all be happening exactly the same way regardless of the people that are around him he is so in his own kind of world and delivery like it's it's really fascinating to watch the the moment that sung for me the most so like there's a couple things one was when he was kind of going back and forth with spock Mm. i just genuinely got this feeling that they were having a really good time um like i don't know if the actors were having a good time or not but the characters the friendship of Spock and Kirk was really palpable for me. And I I Mm. don't think that's because I know that they're really close now. I could see it. There was a couple moments in the back and forth between the two of them where they were both leaning into each other for knowledge and direction in several scenes. And I really loved that. But my favorite comedy moment with, with Spock was, was when all the tribbles fell out of the ceiling. Um, And it was the line from the doctor where he says like, well, I think the one that most people would remember is like, close that door, like two things, do this and then close that door. And then yeah. another triple, like that was really funny, but it was- One gets Cyrano <laughs> Jones and two, close that door. Yep. But it was the it was just before that when he was, he was asking the doctor for some information. The doctor's like, I don't have that information yet. And just this one single white triple falls out and hits him <laughs> and he is so annoyed. He is yeah. glaring. He's like, he's just at his max. Like, it, it's almost like he knows he has enough power just to destroy everything. Whip out a phaser and just vaporize them. But he's just trying. He's struggling yeah. so much. That's my favorite part because he is glaring so intent. Like, I'm like, oh, he's. <laughs> he's like just squinting. Just I'm done. And so I'm out. By the end of the episode, when he's like, "Where are the tribbles? Did you launch them into space?" <laughs> I think part of him was like, "I hope you did." that is like the most i've heard like he screams when they're doing the backwards and forwards between like spock is like it was scotty scotty's like it was mccoy mccoy's like no it was scotty it's like where are the well we used the transporters beamed them into (laughs) did you you beam them into space space? yeah but no it's inhuman i gave him to the klingon so would i have had all of this like if the show hadn't been almost an hour and and sat in those moments differently, I don't think so. And so no. for that reason, even though the pacing I struggled with, I really know a lot about these characters because it was a longer episode and because the pacing yeah. was a little bit different. So I genuinely do miss the days of the slower pacing. And I don't think we stopped it necessarily because it's a bad thing. But I think there is this perception that you got to clip through things like you can't risk being boring, so you have to get through it really quickly. Whereas there wasn't much to watch back in 1967. You're going to watch what we put in front of you. You don't have a lot of option there. Also, if I was going to tweak something, though, it would be more time with the characters that I want to know more about and less time mm. with angry Klingons or angry wheat guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think they leaned so much into him. I thought he was a super important character. So to walk away from this episode thinking I'm probably never going to see them again. It's like, oh, you, you got a lot of screen time. <laughs> yeah, it was just and it's one of the confusing things for me. And I think it was directly just to give Kirk someone to bounce off of somebody to piss him off. And I think they put him on screen a lot so that Kirk 
to really understand Kirk's anger. Uh, however, I'm kind of on his side for this. I'm not on Kirk's side. Kirk is being a dick. <laughs> but before Kirk that's definitely great. firmly in my sins. No, he's being a dick. Uh, I do want to address the cranial ridges in the room. How distracting was it that these aren't your Klingons? And you knew that going in, right? No. That they look different? No. Oh, fascinating. No. Oh, okay. Was, cool. Tell me all about a, that there then. There was no... You did not tell me. I think we've talked no. about it before. Like, I remember now mm -hmm. that there was some conversation at yeah. some point in time about it. Um, But no, I did not expect that. It was very distracting because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just kept thinking, like, these are not Klingons. <laughs> They're not Klingons. But no. you can't poo-poo a show for n not having developed something yet. And honestly, you kind of need to give props to a show that's willing to develop something so, so differently. Mm -hmm. Not only are these not Klingons, they don't talk the same as Klingons. And I'm not talking about, you know, there's a lot of, like, like teeth prosthetics the teeth and, and stuff whatnot, like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's not what I'm talking about. Like the cadence of their lingo, the cadence of battle, totally missing. Pretty much these guys are just like robust assholes. They're kind of more intellectual. Like they're well spoken, spoken. they're barbing with Kirk. Very different to what we know from TNG. I think the Klingons are really intellectual, but they're the, the Klingons I met are the ones that are intellectual about their own customs and their own history. Yes. And so- Which didn't ha in, weren't invented yet. Exactly. So these are like, what if we took like- I don't know. I don't even know what they would be based on. They're just, you know, guys in a bar that are wanting to pick a fight. Yeah. However, show's got to do what the show has got to do, and they need a bad guy, and this is the bad guy. But yeah. just them being antagonistic assholes didn't make them very interesting to me at all. No, absolutely not. But that's all they need to be in these episodes right. because they aren't. It's it's so impressive to reinvent a species and then it makes us feel weird about the original concept for them like they they're still warrioristic they're still like in the the episode when they're introduced it's very clear that they're like the federation perceptive is that they're uh, bloodthirsty murdering torturing horrible people that are just brutal so that core violence thing is still there but everything else is so different and came from the movies and then yeah. really tng oh interesting well, I I like the Klingons. Uh, I love Worf. He's, I mean, after Picard, he's my favorite character. Like he's, he was my favorite character in all of Picard, hands down. Yeah. And of course, he's one of my favorites from TNG as well. I mean, who isn't my favorite from TNG though? Oh, my. They're all so great. But I love the idea of this arc that there was this enemy of Starfleet yeah. that was mm -hmm. then made into, you know, an ally. Um and I think that's a really important thing for a show to be willing to evolve. And this yep. is just the beginning. And the beginning is these guys yeah. are assholes. And here's our version of what an asshole is today, yes, which is just great. somebody who can throw down an insult. Yeah. And they were really good insults. So they did that. And they like fighting. Mm -hmm. That's true. But, you know, I missed it. I'm, oh, I, I was boy. like, oh, man, if, the, if, if they were to redo uh -huh. this scene with our Klingons. Everyone has knives. I like, there isn't a single knife or battleif here. Like, Starfleet isn't... Scotty is not <laughs> winning this fight against the Klingon. He's getting murdered so quick. I, I don't mind the antagonistic, you know, character, but the depth that we see of the Klingons later is beautiful yeah. and a testament to the it's writers. To like, they did a really great job of, like, building up, building into this culture that they didn't have 
when this episode came mm-hmm. out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's got to be talked about though. Um, but, it's so interesting. But I do have like a question. So is the idea then? Because this is a little bit confusing to me. Is the idea then that mm-hmm. the the premise of this episode is that we have <coughs> grain that's needed specifically for this planet because that's the only mm-hmm. um, food source that will grow on this planet. Uh, yeah, essentially. And the fact that Starfleet has this grain is a bargaining chip to say, we should be the ones that colonize this planet. And there's this other body that are deciding whether the Klingons should colonize the planet or whether Starfleet should. The Klingons have the upper, head on organize, upper hand on organization and efficiency, but Starfleet has this, we got this super grain that's going to be really, really great. So that's why he's being so protective of the grain. None of that made sense in the show to me. It's, it's yeah, buried uh-huh. in a way of buried. them talking that I just missed that entirely. So Because they keep bringing up these treaties and the Planet Sheridan, the Organian Treaty, which stops the conflicts between the... Clan. There's a lot of Star Trek jargon. Yeah, and then how many times do they say quadrotrichlicky? 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 Quadrotrichlicky. I tried to write it down, but what I wrote down is not good. Yeah, I think I wrote it down wrong because that doesn't make sense. No. Quadrotrichlicky. Quadratriticali. But I do love the joke that just everybody know about this fucking wheat than me. It's like I was like, yeah, yep, the Russians do. invented okay, it. Okay, so so then the Klingons, in order to have the upper hand on Starfleet, sends in a spy to work alongside asshole wheat man. And mm-hmm. and he poisons the wheat. Yeah. And then I don't understand I don't understand this so but that's okay because there's more wheat coming later. I guess they're going to have to get some okay. more wheat. Yeah. Like I said, nobody wins in this episode. Everyone loses. It's kind of mission accomplished for the Klingons. But they don't really focus on that. Not only not only did that lose, the Tribbles are confusing as fuck as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about this. So yeah. the Tribble walks across the table, eats the wheat, mm-hmm. and it's going to die in a couple of days. But because it's eaten, it triggers its reproductive abilities and begins to reproduce Mm -hmm. and then the next tribbles eat and the next tribbles one million seven hundred thousand however many tribbles yeah but then the ones that were packed into the wheat thing ate the wheat duplicated yep and then enough time had passed that some of them had already died yes the solution to the triple repopulating problem was to stop feeding them. Yes. Which would also kill them because they would starve. Yes. Which they don't point out specifically. No. They don't say we have to kill the tribbles in a slow and terrible death. No, we have to starve them to death because they have no natural predator on the space station. So the tribbles also in a terrible situation, but ha 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 ha, we sent them to Klingons who will absolutely slaughter them all. Uh-huh, because what they don't know, and we find out later on, is that the Klingons had a war with the Tribbles. Like, they hate the Tribbles so much, they went to their home planet to try and kill them, and there is a battle between the Klingons and the Tribbles. And I can't remember if that's TAS, if that's in a book, but it's like, it's accepted canon that Klingons had a war with the Tribbles. That's why they hate them so much. This was something that, they recorded and there's a visual i don't if it's in the animated series i cannot remember but i've either read that 
or heard it referenced somewhere. It, I have a feeling Worf mentions it at some point, but I could be full of shit. Like, I, okay. I think Worf mentions they had a glorious battle against the Tribbles, something like that. How do you have a glorious battle against a fuzzy creature that can only eat and then poop out a baby? Welcome to the joke. <laughs> and that, that explains why the Klingons hate the Tribbles so much and vice versa. Because they're in this infestation. Then we're just to imagine a Klingon warrior in full battle gear and a bat lift just like slicing 100%. down hundreds of thousands yeah. of... It's a rat infestation. Because you know they're not going to bring a flame torch. They're they're going to go in and stab them all. Oh, yeah. Hand-to-hand combat. What, hand-to-triple combat. <laughs> it's glorious. Oh. It's glorious battle. Is it? That's really... That's really, This is really dark. Yeah, I kind of love it, though. I mean, I guess. Okay, before we get into some sins, anything else you wanted to talk about with this episode? No, you love I Captain just, Kirk. He's your new favorite captain. I do like, I do, <laughs> I, I really enjoy Kirk. Biggest surprise for me is how much you like Captain Kirk. I didn't see him slap any women's asses or treat him like shit. So that really helped That's a lot. That's your only like, barometer for not liking someone? I've been told he was a sexist dick and I didn't see that in action. This I was prepared time, for something. Okay. It's not every no, no, single no. episode. No, no, no. This time I really related to the begrudged captain. Yeah. The one that just doesn't fucking want to deal with it today. And this is what I got to deal with today. Some asshole yeah. wheat man, some fucking tribbles in my seat and they're everywhere. And like, it's just it was a day where everything went wrong and when the tribbles fall on his head it was delightful like i don't know <laughs> it's just it was great it's i loved great. him i loved him so so much um i i don't remember let me check and see if we've got any questions because i wanted to make sure i understood the tribble situation because okay. i was a little confused about that but then i also i wanted to make sure i understood that the idea was that the only way to stop the tribbles was to kill them let them die to quote kirk yeah they just have to starve, let them die, and then Jesus dispose Christ. of the bodies. That's it. That's you, gotta, you have to be preventative. You have, they're basically gremlins, mugwise. Don't feed them. That's awful. Forget after midnight, That's... just don't feed them full stop, unless you want exponentially or logarithmic amounts of tribbles. Okay. Let me think about this for a minute. I was, just, I was just challenging myself. Why is it awful? Is it awful because they make cute noises and are furry, and you can snuggle with them? Like It's just life. It's like rats. So, I'm okay with locking fleas in a room until they run out of things to eat uh, yeah. and die because mm-hmm. I hate fleas, mm-hmm. right? Fleas, flies, kill them yeah. all, let them starve. Don't give a. F- I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't care about them. But tribbles, like, what is it? I guess it is They're the fuzzy cute. cuteness. Yeah, yeah. It's what McCoy says. We are programmed to like fuzzy animals, especially yeah. if they're adorable. We, w- they have evolved. Like, there's a reason hamsters have uh, <laughs> are the way they are. Like, we have selectively bred them to be cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can we talk about the intro music? That oh, was another yes. shocking that moment. That was a nice surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, it's not every single episode. I think it's. I think they introduced it in season two. Um, but yeah, the. <gasps> I wasn't. I I don't know. I'm so I'm so used to just like we don't have that sort of like blatant operatic these nope. days. But also, it's incredibly upbeat. Like, yes. <laughs> it's like this woman's just doing this operatic, oh, so, like this aria. <laughs> it was awesome. It's so great. Yeah, I really liked it. I really want to watch the record. It's got to be out there somewhere. I want to watch her recording that in the booth and just how, like, the energy she put into it and stuff. Um, I love it. It's so great. <laughs> Here's something else that I wrote about, about Kirk. 
this captain snaps and points a lot. This is new. <laughs> He's like, you, you, you snap, go. you, you, I you, love Daddy you. Kirk. Like, genuinely, when he <laughs> does, like, it, when he is boss, he is in charge. There is no, I'm going to reassure you, it's, you are going to do as I say, mister. Um, it's it's one of my favorite things about Kirk is how, like, kind of straight down the line he can be with his crew. And, like, he runs a tight ship. Um, like, I love it when he's talking to Scotty and Scotty's like, uh, is this off the record? And he's like, no, of course it's nope. not off the record. Nope. It's, no, yeah. <laughs> it's like he does have standards and he does follow the rules. Yeah. I, I know I know that historically he's going to bend the rules and I haven't seen those episodes, but I've heard I've heard that about mm-hmm. his character. But the way he runs his ship specifically is so by the book. Which is really fun. Yeah. Oh, I did have a question. Yeah. So there's a moment when Captain Kirk sends Scotty down for shore leave, and Scotty looks really bummed about that, and I didn't get that. Mm. What was that about? He's a workaholic. Oh, okay. He he wants to be in his engine room. He's a 100% workaholic. Yeah. Would, uh, that makes sense, because later he's like, great, I'll have more time to read my pamphlets technical or whatever. Technical schematics, yeah. Like, technical he's, schematics. He's a nerd. He's a huge nerd. He loves his job. He is in the right place. Yeah. Did we see Scotty... In Strange New Worlds, did they rescue yeah, him from that planet? Yeah, we did on the, the Gorn That's episode, right. the finale from season two or the penultimate finale. Yeah, or... that's right. Because they went down to the I Gorn planet and was. then he was he was uh, from another ship yeah. that had come in uh-huh. and, and he had figured out how to use all the equipment. Yeah, they were they went on the mission together to help out. That's and, right. Yeah, and he, I thought he was great. I thought he was a great Scotty. Yeah. Um, he, but he, he was very, that, very, he was younger. Yeah, that genius vibe. Well, before we get into the sins, I feel like this is a good place to do some pipping. So for various reasons and a discussion off screen, we've moved to a four-pip system. Ensign, ensign, lieutenant, commander, or captain. How many pips out of four are you giving this episode, Ambassador? Uh, four. Four pips? Fuck yeah, <laughs> okay, that's Okay, let's fun. go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think... I think when you take a step out of it and you try to <laughs> let all of the words and how the story is laid out, like go that getting out of my brain and then me just being able to think about like the beats of the episode. Um, yeah, this is a good one, I think, to give to somebody who hasn't seen TUS before, right? Yes, I did it. <laughs> I finally picked a good episode. <laughs> you didn't realize you, you were talking about curse. me, but you were. I did it. <laughs> I failed on Lower Decks. I failed on Deep Space Nine. I don't know how I did with TNG. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm giving it a a three-pipper. Um, not my favorite. Why? Because um, you have so much to compare it to? I have so much to compare it to. For me, it's a little bit too fluffy. It's a little bit like there's so much... There's a big chunks of it that are non-consequential and could be like... We got to fill this 50 minutes and by gosh, we're going to fill this 50 minutes. Um, yeah. So there's I, a little bit yeah. of that. But I I am I am close to giving it four pips. Like this is really three and a half pips for me, but I'm not going to double the metric. Um, it's a three I, pip. I felt that though, like with the weak guy. But then when I think about, mm, I wasn't really watching the weak guy. I was watching mm. how Kirk and Spock are reacting yeah. and that's how I was learning about these characters. And so, yeah, maybe there's some fluffer in there with things that weren't quite very interesting or could have been mm-hmm. summed up a little bit 
faster yeah. in some ways. And then maybe there would have been more time spent at the end where we're learning about the triples. But then again, you know, like we don't want it. We don't, we, don't, we probably shouldn't think about that too much. Just like no. they don't want to think about the, no, no, no. the doctor the experimenting cleanup. on it. Right. We, we don't want to think about the cleanup right. too much, do we? 17 years no. of cleanup apparently as well for poor, um, um, poor Cyrano Jones. Should we also mention that we decided to do a poll during this, uh, the live taping of the show? We did to let the crowd decide. What was the result of our Twitch poll? 85% said three pips. Yay! The Twitch chat is correct. And I didn't <laughs> look at that. You didn't? Um, no, hang on. I haven't had the Twitch stream up because I didn't want to be spoiled. I like to grade my things without external in um, influence. I see. I Beautiful. See. I love it. So, without further ado, let's do some sins. Battle stations, everyone. Red alert. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sim brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows are found in even our beloved Star Trek. Hit me, Ambassador. Let's have some sins. Oh my God, it's impossible to sin a show um, that it was. It just doesn't have the ability to do that. But I couldn't help but when the captain is like asking Spock for information as if he's a computer instead of yes. asking the computer. Yes, <laughs> it's it, you're right. It's absolutely true. Yeah, the like, library computer. It just seems silly to me. Now, the there is a little, a little way that TOS gets away with this. The, this they don't have a talky computer interface, so they can't say, "Computer, give me this information." They actually have to go to the library computer, insert these cards, and pull up information that way. So they wow. have to do it. Yaha! They didn't it's really so think different. that far ahead. So that's a big leap between TOS and TNG, which is just, hey, computer, tell me this thing. So Kirk does have that as an option, but Spock is right there. So I kind of would give him a pass for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, We've talked about it, but it is starting off with all of the exposition cliche under the guise of teaching Chekhov. Like, Chekhov, you're new, you're learning. Give me everything you know about this. Um, And it's all just exposition to set us up for the episode and then red alert. It's a yeah. pretty cliche way to open. It's crazy to, to think that your crew is going to be prepared to answer any question in history yep. about anything them. at yep. any point in time. Um, But it is what it is. Um, I'm going to send on from my little list the whole beaming over thing. Like mm. that from the very beginning of the show when the, the wheat asshole says beam over and I'll explain it. And then Kirk does. You better come beam over and take a look at this cliche. He, <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. I can't. I can't imagine actually doing that. It's yeah. just that's incredibly dangerous. There is a priority one. You know. You explain to me right now what's going on. Yeah. So I just found that to be like now Kirk was pissed about it, and mm -hmm. that was evident. I thought that was smart, but yeah, I just don't. I'm amazed he didn't go in there holding a phaser. Right. <laughs> He should have. I mean, he marches off of the platform and is just like, now you explain yourself. And I'm like, okay, yeah, spank him, daddy. But like, <laughs> that's, you're that's literally beaming into the middle of you don't fucking know what. Okay, spank him, daddy. <laughs> he was, he's like, now you see yeah. No, no, no. Get off my man. knee. <laughs> You've misused your priority channel. Here's my biggest sin of the entire episode, and this is why I don't give TOS the, the pass and the grace that a lot of people give it. And it's Ahura in this episode. Ahura is reduced to the lady that wants to shop and finds the cute thing adorable. That is her character for this episode. But like, she's also the one that answers the phones. 
100%. She's the switchboard operator that is directing your your calls. Now, it's it's great to have her on screen, genuinely, but I still struggle with the stuff that they gave her to do. And yes, it's the 60s. I'm it's sorry. I get it. I do. But at least she's also, there. Also, at least uh, it's the at least she's there that I struggle to reconcile. But and representation is yeah, huge. I mean, that opens is, the door for everything is. else, you know. It's that that's step along the way, but I've got us in it for yeah, Hura wanted to go on shore leave and shop. I didn't want to come down here, but she wants to shop. Because that's what women do, people. Women shop. <laughs> they spend yeah. the money and they I buy mean, adorable creatures. I, I totally get what you're saying. Um and I'm fine with sinning it, but it's like, I don't, I don't know. What else, what else does she do in this episode? What would you want her to do in this episode? Oh, anything. Like, you just do anything for anything that isn't this. But I, I get that's a lot to ask from the 60s. She could have vacuumed. She could have made a sandwich. <laughs> she could have cleaned up the triple. Yeah. I want her in the bar fight. I <laughs> oh want her God, drinking yes! with Scotty, fighting alongside them. Roundhouse kick. And yes. then we can finally know what kind of underwear is, wouldn't take is Starfleet regulated yeah. gear. Because it's got to be, it's got to be like biker shorts. Like you, you have to. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not oh, going to be man. like V panties. It's going to be, it's got to be something more inclusive. Um, I like this comment, like by the same tack says Josh in the chat, all the men who want, all the men want to do is drink and fight. Yeah. There they are. There's a lot of yeah. character reduction and, and, and Absolutely. things like that. Yeah. It's, it is hard. I to mean, see. the Scotsman enjoys drinking scotch. <laughs> it's all pretty reductive. Basics. There's some basic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to be kind because it was a big swing to have Ahura and Michelle Nichols on the show and to get that quote unquote permission to have her on the show. So it's great that she's there. I still wish it could have done more. <laughs> bitter man is bitter. Um, your turn. <laughs> oh, um, those are not Klingons, those are humans. I would just go ahead and just <laughs> swing for that one. And we that would be the sin <laughs> because it's such an in depth topic. We would just have the way to say these aren't Klingons, these are humans just be oblivious about it no i think um there is a moment where we finally do see the tribbles in food but the only time we see the tribbles duplicating is just that they they're just we don't see them eating and the idea is that they're only duplicating because they're eating and we really didn't get to see that i feel like the mystery could have been solved a bit more but they the the the, the tribbles remained a mystery for as long as the episode needed them to remain. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do love, however, the foreshadowing of the Klingons. It's a really efficient bit of storytelling. The Tribbles react badly to the Klingons. That is how the agent Klingon is revealed at the end of the episode. It's I, I think that's a really efficient way of getting to the end of that story. Um get the Tribbles off the transporter pad before you start beaming people. Right. <laughs> My goodness, like I don't think that's how the transporter pad is supposed to work. Otherwise, why don't you all share a pad? Like, I thought that's your pad. And also, they're all over the controls. So just like all of the buttons are getting accidentally pressed mid-transport. Like, that should be a triple-free zone. It really should. Um, We could do a super bonus of all the times that they say quadra, quadra, quadra. <laughs> quadra, and then triple, the, yeah. both of them together. Yeah, yeah. just, yeah. A, a, a sort of like mash of all of that together. Yeah, yeah. love that um 20 years in prison for transporting dangerous animals what <laughs> that's really punitive like that's a that's a murder charge like 20 years in prison just because he was transporting tribbles that's insane like starfleet sucks 
Yeah. Galactic lore is hard. They also, I would say, my other sin in that moment was like saying it's going to take you 17 years to do this. So it's essentially a prison sentence of him picking up tribbles. But at the same time, if they're going to die of starvation, then like if everyone just stops bodies. feeding them, then you're yeah. just picking up bodies. But also, can't they just phaser? The, like, there's got to be a way to just vaporize them all. Just yeah. vaporize I'm them I'm not all. trusting yeah. Cyrano Jones with a phaser, though, to okay, be fair. Okay, good point. Good point. Yeah. Good point. So the next one would be like my fellow writer trusting this character yes. with a Fair. Fair. The sin is on me. Um, Kirk says disrupting a space station is not an offense. It should be. My next sin is wanting to like my my desire now to dress as a Tribble. Um, yes. I need to send that. Oh to be my a goodness. Tribble for Halloween. That would be the next poster we do. To be a Tribble at a star trek convention imagine a life-size triple just it's just a big circular it's got to have been done it has somebody to. has done it absolutely Danae's going to immediately I'm gonna look that. it up yeah. yeah um cosplay as triple oh it, yeah yeah yep yeah it's oh, yeah. everywhere mm-hmm. yeah yeah the fairies love it <laughs> there's a person that made a skirt out of tribbles and then they dressed a spock coming out of the top of it like that oh that's beautiful <laughs> that's great love that oh shit this is one of my favorite editing scenes and it's when um the that kirk is talking to the space station to k7 and saying that the klingons are on the way and we have the camera on the executive of the space station or whatever and he's like no the, the alarm won't be necessary because the klingon commander is right here and somehow and the camera knows to zoom out and pan over to include the klingons which suggests there's a camera that's listening and knows to do that or there's a camera person operating the camera to do the dramatic reveal <laughs> yeah it's when tv stuff doesn't translate to visual communication systems so yeah that would be that would definitely get sinned absolutely i would send air vents like just the idea that these tribbles mm-hmm, somehow mm-hmm. have made themselves into the machinery of the of this spaceship and there was no warning sign there's no computer that was like warning this there's there's no blip on a map somewhere no. of of a vent being opened or something happening They're in inside. the engine room that's a big deal they must be born tiny and then just wander in and and grow very fast yeah. but if 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 that's the case then they have to go into the ventilation system to find food to then continue to grow and to replicate. And then reproduce. Yeah. I don't know it where was... all the grain was coming from. Like, what were they eating? Because it wasn't just the grain. Because no. the ones on the Enterprise weren't only eating grain. Yeah. We see yeah. them coming out of the replicator stuff, but... Yeah, maybe that's I, it. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was confusing to no, me that's on fair. that part. That's so I fair. think I would try to send that part. Uh, we've got a sketchy trader cliche. As I, The trader has to be this grifting trying to con artist kind of character and i guess back in the 60s it wasn't so much of a cliche but it's it's definitely been done to death now um i'm gonna steal one from the chat from david who says uh in star trek 4 mccoy laments that he doesn't know klingon anatomy when trying to save gorkon but here he recognized darvin's skin as that of a klingon in mere moments (gasps) i i will push back on that a little bit Oh. Because what we're talking about in Star Trek Six is open heart surgery because Gorkin has been shot in the chest. So I think like doing surgery and trying to save his life is different from saying this is a Klingon. Like he's picking out higher blood pressure, some very like broad things that have told him. It's not necessarily anatomy. So it might be a little bit too nitpicky. 
<laughs> Welcome to Cinema Sins, you crazy. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, okay. Sin stays. That's fine. Um, the uh, Kirk gets a slap on the wrist from a Starfleet official by video, so, and the the video transmission opens with, it's not necessary to remind you of the importance of Sherman's planet, but here's why Sherman's planet is really important, I'm going to remind you anyway. It's just for the audience. Like, we know Kirk should know this, but we know that the audience now needs to know this too. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for me. I, d- I can go through, Um, I can keep going through the chat though. Yeah, pull want. out some from the chat. I've got another one where um, they're in the fight and the Klingon that's like antagonizing everyone says um, that humans are soft and that's why half of the quadrant is learning Klingonese. And it says the man currently speaking English. (laughs) If that that were true, you would all be speaking Klingon right now. Uh, We could definitely sin that they just can't replicate the uh, wheat. Oh, the quadratriticali? Quadratriticali. Quadratiticules, yeah. God damn it. Fancy grain. That word. Um, My last big one was, we mentioned it early, but and so the war between the Klingons and the humans began, because you, (laughs) it's like, imagine beaming a bunch of tribbles onto a Romulan ship in TNG. It would not go over well. Like, that's a very flippant thing to do that kind of breaks the, um, breaks the threat of the Klingons. Like, you're not, you're not seeing that happen in TNG. Yeah. Although now I do want to see the Tribbles fight the Borg. I... Borg? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see how the Borg deal with Tribbles. Oh, oh that's terrifying. Just massively self-replicating. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Anything else, Ambassador, before we wrap up? Um, nope. I think I covered all the stuff from my notes. Okay, well, I am over the moon that you enjoyed that episode of TOS. I was genuinely worried that the pacing just wasn't going to work and it's just going to be too tricky to dip into. So glad you stuck with it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. No live show next week because it's Thanksgiving. So instead, we have a lovely interview with David Ellis, who has created a the fan film um, 359, which follows a few escape pods a a rather famous battle from tng so really interesting interview david has a really fun background with star trek including writing on some video games um is one of the biggest um trek nerds out there as well and david joins us in the live chat um and my the replicator uh for the wheat that i mentioned just a moment ago was able to say yeah they didn't exist yet in the world so okay (laughs) whoopsie this is uh, yeah a lot that that came up a lot (laughs) Yep, yep, no replicators. So, yep. So David is somebody who's a uh, part of the Captain's Pod universe every week. Woo! And I'm really, really excited that we're finally able to release that uh, episode to you guys. Yeah, it's really, really fun. You guys are going to enjoy that. The following week, we will be back with a live show on Twitch, um, CinemaSins Live. Dot. Wait, no, Twitch.tv slash CinemaSins Live. We go live on the Captain's Pod Twitter. We go live on Danae's channel. Where Danae says we go live on the CSPN YouTube channel in like the live section. And this live video is on there as well. I guess that's everything. Send us an email, Captain's Pod at CinemaSins.cs, whatever it is. <laughs> oh my God, you are off the fucking rails. Captain's are Pod you okay? At CinemaSins.com if you want to send us an email. You guys are all the best. Until then, have an amazing Thanksgiving. I'm Captain Ian, and I have never questioned the authority or intelligence of a Starfleet official. Until now. Nice. Um, and and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to emulate the character here. But he is after my grain from me. <laughs> Live long and dribble stir. Oh, bottle? 
Livewangen Poddle? Poddle? Livewangen Podsberg. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Okay, is this the best time to start eating chips? Yep. <coughs> test, test. Man, I have an incredible range. Okay, now that I know those buttons work. Roar! Hello. Roar! Oh, I can't hear you. Roar! That's weird. Roar! Can you hear me? Say something. Can yeah, you hear me? I don't have any levels from you either. Um, you can't hear me? You can't hear me roaring? Well, that's exciting. Roar? Yeah, I got nothing. Um, okay. Is everything okay on your end? Oh, dang it. Wait, 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 where are we doing crickets? No. Dang it. Record scratch. That's the one. I found the buttons. <laughs> oh my God, Ian. Well, hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> This is weird because our banner usually says Captain's Pod Live spoilers for Star Trek TOS. Is it really a spoiler at this point? It's been out for 56 years. There are no spoilers now. If, you, if you're getting spoiled, that's on you. You've had enough time. The ranking interactive. Put up a poll to get an audience score either here or Twitter or wherever. Oh, that's a great idea. Mm, I can. Yeah, I can do that. Actually. You can do polls do on that Twitch. Now. So I think the ranking system is instead of it being a simple one, two or three, we're doing like admirals and shit. God damn it, Ian. Just pips. Oh, we're gonna, pips. We're How gonna, many pips out of six? They have a title. It's not just pips. I'm in a in a quandary now because Twitch will only let me have five answers instead of six. So do I reshape my entire poll to just make it captain instead of admiral? Or I could lose lieutenant commander and just have lieutenant, I guess. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. Do you want to hear the next nerdy problem that I've got? The number of pips isn't going to line up. <laughs> Because, listen to me, listen, listen, listen. If we're doing it out of five and we ditch Admiral, Admiral works because I think Admiral is six pips. Captain can't be five because Captain is only four pips and then that would be five pips. So maybe I've just got to do it out of four. It's just going to be out of four pips. That'll be, that'll, I think that'll make it easier. And then we ditch Lieutenant Commander. I don't, I am not listening. We had a lovely email from Flyboy who gave us some lovely behind the scenes stuff which was really really fun the tribbles were actually uh originally going to be called fuzzies okay <laughs> but there was another creature in a 1963 sci-fi novel um the novel was called little fuzzy and they had similar creatures and um gene l coon was afraid that they were going to be ripped off for copyright so it's like you got to change the name Sorry, we like fuzzies, but you got to change it. So they came up with Tribbles, and the original title was going to be So You Think You Got Tribbles. But <laughs> they hated the title, and apparently mm -hmm. Trouble with Tribbles is much, much better. 
They sewed together 500 tribbles for this episode. Yikes. Just the work of doing, of hand sewing 500 tribbles is incredible. But, but did, um, did they ever explain how some tribbles can go up the walls? <clears throat> Suction cups. Okay. That's my my head well, cannon. That's what I that's suction what cups. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So so did they actually put suction cups on some of them or did they just I, glue them to the wall? I imagine they were glued to the set or like velcro or something like that. <laughs> David Ellis says, "Dang, I have a great behind the scenes story straight from Chris Doohan, who is James Doohan, Scotty's son, one that's never been told elsewhere as far as I know." <gasps> That's juicy, David. And I have to question why he didn't tell us during our interview. Because he just thought of it. <laughs> Chris and his brother Montgomery used to go to the studio with their dad while he was working. This is the uh, Scotty's kids. James would leave Chris and Montgomery in his dressing room or let them play on the shuttlecraft sets. Oh my goodness, that's so fun. One day he left them on the shuttlecraft set while he was going to shoot a scene. The boys got bored and went exploring. They found a hallway set that they'd never seen before. How did you get bored on a shuttlecraft? Kids. Kids. The boys got bored and went exploring. They found a hallway set that they'd never seen before, and it had doors high up on the wall. Chris said that either he stood on Montgomery's shoulders or vice versa to see if they could open the door. They did, and hundreds of tribbles fell on them. They got scared and ran back to the shuttlecraft. James came back five minutes later and said, you good boys, thanks for staying where I told you. Chris never told James that story until decades later at Thanksgiving when he figured out where they were way past getting in trouble for it. When he did, he <laughs> said his dad didn't talk to him for months. <gasps> oh, and then no. somebody had to reset all of the trebles. That is straight from Chris Doohan's, straight from David Ellis's mouth who heard it from Chris Doohan. Thank you, David, for sharing that with us. That's incredible. Oh my God. So the sin, as always, is kids. Well, you know, somebody walked in there like, how did these get out? Like, who did it? Did the Tribbles actually escape themselves? Can you imagine the fear? Like, I am on this TV set, a hugely successful TV show, and I broke part of it because the Tribbles fell out. That's terrifying. Yeah, not ideal. Um, Fun fact, NBC got angry letters from animal rights activists about them abusing Tribbles, says David. It's amazing. I don't know if I believe that, but oh, absolutely, I mean, absolutely, I believe you've this. You've got to believe the tribbles are real, and no one's that stupid, surely. You got to know the tribbles aren't real. I guess if you're watching it on a black and white TV, maybe you don't. And I kind of thought, like, okay, I totally believed that Shatner was about to like boot kick punt one of them. Oh, absolutely, I thought he was going to snap one of its necks. But he whatever didn't. It is. No, you could kind of see that anger restraint. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> This one's from Flyboy. No one looked at Koloth and said, he looks like Trelane. They have the same face in this episode. That's, prob <laughs> yeah. that's probably a... That's funny. A, a deep... Um, yeah, so the actor that plays the head Klingon also played a character called Trelane in a different episode. Uh, Sin, not just for this episode. When Uhura calls down from the bridge, we see her bridge station behind her. Does that mean there is a floating camera behind her chair that she... Makes no to? sense. It's so avoidable because if you just show the background being the bridge... We know where the camera is, but this camera isn't at her desk. It's behind her for some reason. It doesn't. It's so bizarre. Um, here's a sin from Flyboy. Bartender guy is a terrible businessman. 10% markup at cost of six credits is 6.6, .6, not 10. Either he's an idiot or he thinks that all of his customers are an idiot. By the way, ding. Yeah, don't do your math in front of people like that. Do that in private. <laughs> 
No, they're 100%. just having they're having very open conversations at the bar about ripping people off. Uh, here's a question from David. I'm curious about for me. I'm curious about how well you think the set designers of the Strange New Worlds Enterprise Bridge did mm. when they recreated the original bridge with new technology. This great is a great question. question. This is the same bridge. Oh, the same bridge wild. that we see in Strange New Worlds. Same ship. In theory, the same bridge, but just updated. I'm really curious. I want to go back now that I've seen it uh, and I want to watch a Strange New Worlds episode again, you know, yeah. where we can kind of see. But I remember that um you know uhura was kind of up on that top tier and then mm. they have a dip down with like the captain's chair and then they've got the other people at the their little panel stations kind of in the foreground of the yeah. of the camera so it feels like the layout is the same um they also used in the new strange new worlds they uh or in strange new worlds they used a really similar gray red black color yeah. palette mm -hmm. um and I'm really curious to watch now because I was I was paying attention to their panels that they were more square with like more square button light ups. And yeah. I feel like they did that in Strange New Worlds as well, where a lot of the panels have this sort of circular, uh, like the panels that they're looking at that they're kind of leaning over are more curved. And then they have like little button panels. And yeah, then they up have physical on the, buttons. Yeah. And then up on the wall, they have the more just sort of like rectangular ones with like little, little square blinking. And I feel like I remember that from strange new worlds as well yeah they've kept some of those graphics that you see on screen too so it feels like it's in the same vein to me i remember somebody behind the scenes saying that gen they i think they're going to try to gradually make the strange new worlds enterprise look more like the tos episode, uh, enterprise as it evolves I don't know to what extent they're going to do that, wow. how, how that's going to pan out. But that's interesting. I'm fascinated to see how. Let's just hope that somebody is like, yeah, we just don't need all this equipment anymore. And they give it to somebody who's recording episodes for Wouldn't fan be stuff because yeah. like, like give it to people who can use it yes. uh, instead of putting in the garbage. And for fan movies. David says, at my, first start, at my first Star Trek convention at age 14, I played Scotty in a recreation of the scene in Bar Fight that we performed in front of Walter Cohen. That's but incredible. We, That's so fun. But we ended the scene with the pie fight instead. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's fucking great. Throw this one up here from JCD. Would you rather fight 10 uh, triple-sized Danae's or one Danae-sized triple? <laughs> The Danae-sized, I'll, I'll take on the Danae-sized treble. I don't want 10 Danae's of any size. <laughs> That's terrifying, isn't it? It's too much. Especially 10 that are fighting, even if they're triple-sized. Like, yeah. I will go I mean, straight for the Achilles tendon. Straight in there. I've just got 10 teeth, 10 sets of teeth on my ankle immediately. <laughs> no, no, no. I pick up weapons on the way. I've got hands. That's I can fair. hold stuff. Yeah. Shit. Nick said, sing, cling in, cling gone, <laughs> clinging. They they, they hadn't nailed down the pronunciation yet, and they didn't correct Klingons. anyone. The Klingons. Yeah, the Klingons. The the Klingons. Yeah, the Klingons. So many different things. The Klingons. Yeah, and Klingonese is something that just disappeared after TOS. Uh, David Ellis said Kirk got buried in tribbles because they had eaten all the grain in the storage bin. But if that hadn't been the case, he would have been buried in grain. He should not have opened that door. Great. That's a great sin. Yeah, yeah, he really point. shouldn't have. He opened it because the story knew it was going to be triples and not grain. Yeah, not a good That's idea. That's a good point. Good point. Okay, I okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. Um. Mm, mm, mm. Shit! No, I don't got it. 
<laughs> no, you don't got it? Okay, I'll keep vamping. I'll keep vamping. 